Hi, I'm Melissa Ritz, and this is Served, a podcast about female military veterans and their experiences in and out of uniform. Today is a very special episode of Served because I'm joined by former guest Sarah Poticha and our extra special guest, Frida Rothman, founder and CEO of Frida Rothman Jewelers. Ladies, thank you both for sharing your time today. Thank you. Glad to be here. Sarah, you previously shared your experiences as a cadet at West Point, as a mother and officer in the Army, and now as a keynote speaker, consultant, and author of West Point Woman, How Character is Created and Leadership is Learned. In our conversation, you shared a serendipitous story about meeting Frida, also a mother and successful entrepreneur, and how that conversation opened doors to a unique and purposeful collaboration that celebrates women and their accomplishments. So Sarah, please briefly recap your initial meeting with Frida. Okay. Well, um, as I had mentioned in our podcast, um, when I published my book, um, my publisher said, Sarah, you got to brand yourself. You've got to brand your wardrobe to your website. And uh, my colors were based on the colors of West Point, black, gold, and gray. And so I got some clothes and then I was like, I need some jewelry. And so I went to a local jewelry store in Louisville, Kentucky, where I was living at the time. And, um, I absolutely fell in love with Rita Rothman's brand. The first piece I got was this chain that I would wear. And it reminded me so much of the chain around Trophy Point at West Point. And, uh, you know, that chain represented a lot there at the Academy. When I was there, only three days, we celebrated the 4th of July. We had to go to a ceremony on Trophy Point. And I, I remember seeing the chain and looking across the Hudson and thinking, if I could just get down there, I bet I could swim across and get away from this place. (laughs) So the chain has multiple reasons, but in my book, what I try to do is talk about the resilience that you learn when you're in a really difficult, academically challenged, physically challenging kind of environment. And the chain just represented everything that I was trying to convey in my book. So I purchased it and some other things, and then I started to get compliments. And then I got an idea And uh, I was like, what if I was to approach Frida and see if she might design some jewelry specifically for military women or something that would be emblematic of West Point that then we could have other people purchase and maybe some of those funds would actually go back to improve things for women cadets. I, at first I got her business card from the jeweler, but then I was a little intimidated, but then I heard that she was coming to Louisville And I had just come off a keynote and I was like, okay, I'm going to get up my courage and go talk to this amazing woman from New York, you know, that, you know, probably has many other things to do. And I was so taken with just how down to earth she was. And um, we began a conversation and I had the audacity to give her a book and just kind of blurt out my idea. And she actually took it under consideration and and that began this relationship that has been just amazingly rewarding for me, not only to meet someone of the character and the quality and the brilliance of Frida Rothman, but to also be doing something that will actually benefit women and showcase women of strength. And Frida, you had already launched your Women of Strength campaign, which highlights women in various communities like the medical field and personally to you women who are Holocaust survivors. Can you please share more about your family's history in the jewelry business and the Women of Strength campaign? 
Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me here. Thank you, Sarah, for those kind words. Uh, so the Women of Strength campaign started with a conversation, uh, a, a kind of a marketing brainstorming, which we, you know, when the world was a normal place, we used to sit around and have all these brainstorming sessions. And we were talking about female empowerment. And it's something that we hear a lot about in the media. And it was nothing that my brand ever spoke about. And Susan, who is our head of brand, said, Frida, who do you consider to be an empowered woman? And, you know, I remember thinking about it and, say, and answering um, my two grandmothers. My grandmothers are both Holocaust survivors, both Auschwitz survivors. And I can't think of more empowered women of strength than my grandmothers. And kind of when I was describing them, I described them as women of strength. And uh, I remember Susan turning to me and saying, Frida, wouldn't it be incredible if we can have a campaign where we honor and highlight Holocaust survivors as the face of this campaign and talk about, um, you know, all of the challenges and, and, and things that they went through in their life and how they overcame that. And, um, you know, I had no idea yet how I was combining jewelry with Holocaust survivors, but I got so excited about the idea to share their stories. And I was like, yes, let's do something like that. And that's kind of how it came about. And of course, a lot more happened since that initial idea. Um, but just a good suggestion for anyone that has an idea, just run. Uh, sometimes it will work, sometimes it won't. But if you have a great idea and you feel it in your gut, just do it. So when Sarah approached you with her idea of honoring female military veterans, was that community ever on your radar? So I'll tell you, I, you know, when I met Sarah in Louisville, Kentucky, um, she, like she's mentioned, she gave me her book and we had already started having the conversations about women of strength and talking about my grandmothers and talking about survivors. And after reading her book on the flight home, I remember, you know, just reading her words and thinking about describing her as a woman of strength and all these other women that give the ultimate sacrifice, not the ultimate, but also sacrifice so much for their country. Um, and I really wanted to continue sharing those messages of real women with real stories. Um, I myself have four children and, and specifically two daughters that are 14 and 16. And I always think about who are the women that I want my daughters to emulate, to look up to, to admire. And after reading her book, I said, I really want to share more stories about women in the military. And my family has a huge love for anyone that serves this country and specifically to this country because we feel that, um, you know, we had a second chance at life and we were able to rebuild, rebuild our lives, but also continue to practice our faith here in New York um, safely, freely. And, you know, my father was and my grandparents had such a love for this country and specifically to the men and women who serve it. So it was just such a perfect, um, you know, continuation of strength and specifically to women of strength. Frida, you shared a story that when you were a young girl, your father took the family on a trip to visit West Point, which is about an hour and a half drive from Brooklyn. So in connecting with Sarah and reading her book, did that bring back any memories of your visit? One thing I can say is that when I went back with Sarah, I just couldn't believe I was there on the other side because as a young girl, your mouth is just open and you're just such in such admiration. Um, so I never would think that I would come back and actually speak to some of the young cadets. Um, you can ask Sarah how nervous I was because I, you know, I remember thinking 
you know, we were taking this trip, we're driving up the Palisades Parkway and it was beautiful. And, you know, I'm coming from New York, completely invested in the fashion world. I'm like, what am I going to speak to these young cadets about? What common ground are we going to find? And Sarah's like, don't worry, Frida, they're going to love you. Everything's going to be great. And I'm like these brilliant, smart, strong women, like what, what common ground are we going to find? And when, um, you know, I, I used to go visit, we went quite a few times with my father. He always loved to see, you know, uh, kind of how things work. And he used to take us into the library and he used to take us to all these different places. We didn't get as far in as when I went with Sarah's visit. Um, you know, her, she had a little bit of Poland. She was able to get us a little further in. But it was so fascinating to meet these young cadets and to realize that they had so many questions for me in the world of fashion, but I do feel that there's a common ground with a team leader, um, leadership, and also running a business and making sure that, you know, your team comes first. Um, and it was just, and, and they were just so impressive. And I always tell Sarah about when they kept calling me, ma'am, yes, ma'am. I came home that night to my girls and I'm like, girls, you are calling me ma'am from now. I love that. I was like, that is so cool. Uh, but it was just such a, a wonderful experience meeting these impressive, um, young, strong, smart, smart future leaders. That's right. And as you and Sarah collaborated, you both had the opportunity to meet with the Dean, General Cindy Jeb. And this is where I think you two connecting is so serendipitous because in addition to the jewelry collaboration, you pitched the idea of a possible internship, which opened up an even deeper connection to jewelry and the meaning and stories jewelry carries. Sarah, can you share a little bit about that? So COVID happens. We can't meet face-to-face with the dean, but she's such a gracious, wonderful person. We were able to do a Zoom call and, and formulate this idea of an internship and go through the hoops of getting that approved. And first of all, having been in the military, you're always a little intimidated by generals, but she was so disarming, brilliant. She's a brilliant woman. And Frida was telling her a little bit about, you know, her family and how they had survived and in the Holocaust uh, connection. And I didn't realize that uh, Cindy is actually Jewish. And she mentioned when she was a cadet, and she's just one year ahead of me at the academy, she had actually been part of the Jewish choir and had gone up to um, to meet with some Holocaust survivors in New York. And Frida, I don't remember exactly where that was, but... Uh, I think she said it was in the Coney Island section of Brooklyn. Okay. And she was, they you know, were meeting these Holocaust survivors and this little woman came up to her and gave her her wedding ring. And, you know, at the time, Cindy's like, I can't take your wedding ring, but she kept forcing it on her as a... I think a statement of, I want you to remember me. And Cindy's told us that she's kept that ring forever. And it was so important that that came into the conversation because again, you don't think of, you know, a highly intense uh, military engineering school and jewelry. Yet here we were talking about jewelry and we've always said that jewelry has a way of telling a story it's just very exciting and it kind of brought back the whole idea of what we're trying to do with telling the stories of military women, but also of the jewelry. Right. And Frida, with your jewelry, a lot of your pieces are already in the color scheme of black, gold, and gray, which are the colors of West Point, yet they really complement every service branch. And 
Your design aesthetic showcases flexibility and strength and a toughness with femininity. Can you talk a little bit about what inspires your work? Absolutely. So I'll start with kind of how every single piece of jewelry <clears throat> tells a story. Um, how I started in, in the business, I'm a second generation jeweler and I started my career working with other private label jewelry designers. So I would use my father's manufacturing skills and we would put together these collections. I've always been an artist. I've always sketched and painted. And I launched my own collection in 2003 and 2013, sorry. And I um, remember thinking about knowing the industry very well and understanding you know, what was being sold in the department stores. I wanted to create a collection that had really strong meaning to it. Um, and told a story. And that's kind of how I launched my collection and where I felt I can have that point of difference. And every single piece of jewelry has a story. Um, all of the pieces have this mixed metal finish, kind of your grit to glam. And the reason I choose to work with that mixed metal is because all the pieces are inspired by Brooklyn. I was born and raised here and raising my four children here as well. And I do speak a lot about my grandparents. I grew up across the street from my grandparents. They were like a second set of parents to me. And my grandparents being Holocaust survivors. And, you know, as I get older, you know, I always think about them. And especially growing up, I, I didn't understand, um, you know, how they led their lives in a positive fashion um, to continue. They, they, you know, my grandmothers, to me, it's amazing. They got married. They had children. They found love. They lost their entire families in Auschwitz. They were teenage girls. One was 14 and one was 16. And, you know, we didn't, we didn't feel that growing up. We just felt, you know, they actually didn't want to scare the children. So they wouldn't tell us. We only found out more as we were growing up and as we were getting older. Um, it teaches me to find, it's kind of become my mission in life and especially within my company to always find the good in everything. There is beauty everywhere. So you have pieces in, in the collection that are inspired by manhole covers on the streets of New York City. Now you would never think that that's a source of inspiration. So I kind of like to combine that grit of Brooklyn and of course adding the glam to it. So we're finding the grit, but we're turning it into something glamorous and beautiful. And you know, it was interesting how Sarah was able to relate to this collection, kind of that grit to glam because you know, so many of these female cadets, you kind of have to have to wear a lot of uh, the uniforms. It kind of takes that femininity out of you. And you see that in the pieces because there does have that gritty, gritty, edgy side to it. But of course, when you add that gorgeous pave detail or those, those feminine details into the pieces, you're able to feel that um, when you're wearing those pieces. So storytelling is so important to each and every piece. And of course, the strength and honor bracelet that when you wear that on your wrist, um, we have gotten you know stories from across the country of what that message of strength means to them. And I specifically designed it in a way where the background of the bracelet has kind of this darkened textured rhodium to it. On the strength bracelet, it symbolizes the streets of New York, which gave my grandparents a second chance at life. And the word strength is written in big bold letters because strength is what got them through their, the horrors and, and the challenges that they had um, as teenage girls. And with the honor bracelet, it's interesting because you are able to draw that inspiration from West Point itself and using those West Point colors. But again, it, it, it does kind of draw back to Brooklyn. And, you know, 
living a life of honor in, in those big, bold letters. And I love that I'm able to tie those two stories together. And you launched your Women of Strength campaign just before the pandemic hit in March 2020, right? Yes. <laughs> right. So the Women of Strength campaign took on a whole new meaning in an unexpected way. What has the response been? So it's it's fascinating to me because um, of the timing of when it launched. We originally were supposed to launch it in December but of 2019. And we were concerned because it was around the holidays and we really wanted to give this campaign a moment to shine. We felt the stories were so powerful um, of the survivors. We have one-on-one -on -one interviews with these Holocaust survivors. And we said, you know what, let's save it for March. Uh, March is Women's Month. It's actually Women's Military Month as well. And this is March of 2020. And we said, let's save it for March where we can really talk about the campaign and talk about the stories. Uh, I just want to tell you an interesting story. Um, about survivors themselves. So I was really scared to launch this campaign. You know, here I have these sensitive stories of survivors and I'm a jewelry designer and combining the two, and you know, being a, a granted, I was very, very careful and sensitive with how the stories were going to be told. And um, I was really hesitant. I was like, I don't know. I don't know. Should we do this? Should we not? What's the reaction going to be? Are people going to be upset? Like, what, what is the response going to be? And we had a luncheon here where we had, um, in December of 2019, we had 55 female Holocaust survivors in our space in Brooklyn. Sarah actually was here as well. And it was the largest gathering of survivors um, at that time. And it was a tremendous honor um, to have them here. And, you know, I gifted each of these women a strength bracelet uh, at the luncheon. And to see them wear the bracelet with their numbers tattooed on their arm was was an incredible feeling. And each of these women came over to me and gave me a special blessing. And they said, I just want to wish you success in whatever you're doing. We're just so happy that there's a young person out there that's, share, that's still interested to hear what we have to say and sharing our stories. And growing up, there was a famous story of a, um, a, a rabbi that lived here in Brooklyn and people would come, young couples before they would get married would come to the rabbi and ask them for a blessing. We're getting married, we want a blessing from you. And he would always tell them, so why are you coming to me for a blessing? I want you to go around, go out, go to the first grocery store you see, the first synagogue you see, and if you see somebody with a number tattooed on their arm, you ask them for a blessing because their blessing is going to actually make a difference. And it became a very well-known story in, in, in my community. And um, to have all of these women kind of give me that blessing uh, that day. And I remember feeling in, in my gut, I said, I think this campaign is actually going to make a big difference because of their blessings. And I'm like, how lucky am I that I got 55 of them giving me these special blessings. And the messages um, of their you know, interviews and their messages of strength, um, which we launched in March, and it was just the beginning of, of the pandemic, it helped so many people across the country um, kind of, you know, shift their perspective and say, it's going to be okay. Obviously, there are families that suffered tremendous loss, and as these women did as well, and to listen to them in their interviews and kind of what they focused on in their life and how they were able to continue and carry forward. And of course, wearing the bracelet and giving themselves strength from wearing it and thinking about their stories, um, it was just so impactful. And, and, you know, the story is just continuing to grow. Um, we're launching in March of 2021, specifically because of Women's Month, 
the entire month is going to be focused on the women in the military and their stories and their interviews and how they overcame their challenges and how they continue to live a life of honor. Thank you for sharing that story. Uh, That was really powerful and you were really so inspiring, Frida. And I want the listeners to visit your website to watch videos of all the women you've mentioned, from the resilient Holocaust survivors to the healthcare workers to military veterans, and to hear their stories of strength, hope, love, joy, faith, and honor. And Sarah, you also share a testimonial on Frida's website, FridaRothman.com. And I want the listeners to know that this isn't a paid episode, it's not sponsored, but it's an episode that highlights women coming together to collaborate. And I found your and Sarah's relationship so inspiring that I wanted to do an episode about it for the podcast, because I really think it speaks to the strength of people coming together, having an idea, and, and look what can happen. So if the listeners, if you're having a bad day or a tough moment and you need to pick me up, visit the website, FridaRothman.com, and watch a video. They're short, incredibly inspiring, and so meaningful. Click on the Women of Strength link on Frida's website. And as Frida mentioned, March is Women's History Month in Military Women History Month. And I'm publishing this episode in March because I think the more women you can inspire and lift each other up, the better we are for everyone. Frida, you've also included spouses of military members, which I appreciate because my mother is one. And I want to thank you for including spouses within your platform. Also, as Sarah mentioned, a portion of your sales supports West Point Women and another organization, Attitudes and Attire. What do these organizations mean to you? So between Attitudes and Attire and West Point Women, those are both uh, charity organizations that we have partnered with. Um, In regards to Attitudes and Attire, to me, uh, an organization that gives back to women that uh, sacrifice so much for their country is, is something that I want to be part of. Um, I grew up, um, there's a, a Hebrew saying, uh, it's Olam Chesed Yibana, that the entire world is built on kindness and giving back. Uh, if we don't do those things, the world will fall apart. And that's kind of how I was ingrained. So any organization that gives back, and specifically to women, um, you know, West Point Women, Attitudes and Attire, they, they're both of their missions is to help women. And um, I'm just so inspired about women in the military that give so much of themselves and especially mothers. Um, I'm always curious to hear how they do it um, and how it's always so when we did our interviews, you know, that was one consistent question that anybody that was a mom um, was just so inspiring to me. Um, you know, I always say there's that the similarities of running a business and running a team but it's not really so much. I mean, my life's not really hanging there, at, you know, at, and there's just so much that they do. And um, I, I'd love to align with programs that help and support women. As your Women of Strength campaign celebrates its one year anniversary this year in March, what are your hopes for 2021? I want to continue sharing stories um, of women of strength and specifically women that are not often highlighted in the media or especially in the fashion industry. Um, I remember attending this really um, spectacular event um, at the Cipriani in in New York City and everybody's black tie. And I've gone to quite a few of these events. And what I have found is that 
the fashion industry tends to focus on a certain group of people consistently and not really talk about a lot of other incredible women, uh, men and women across the country. And those are the groups that I want to continue to highlight. For example, our Holocaust survivors, our women in the military. I never hear about the women in the military in the fashion industry. And I want to continue to tell those stories. Oh, I love that. Well, 2021 is going to keep you very busy because there are so many stories out there we've yet to hear. Thank you both for your continuation of service and for making time today. Thank you so much. Thank you, Melissa, for having me. And thank you, Sarah, of course. It was the best day when I met you, Sarah. So thank you for introducing us. And as always, thank you for listening. Visit sarahpoticha.com, S-A-R-A-P-O-T-E-C-H-A.com, and fridarothman.com.